Hello, welcome to another episode of Houston. We have a podcast. On today's episode, uh, we got a few different things going on. Uh, we are going to be doing some reviews of recent movies, uh, Army of the Dead and Nobody. Uh, and we are also going to be revisiting a previous subject we talked about pandemic movies uh, as instead of talking about pandemic movies we're going to pitch our own ideas and so for that uh, we brought back uh, the guest that we had on that episode and we also have a new guest joining us so I guess first uh, our returning guest Mina uh, from our pandemic episode uh, welcome back thanks for coming thanks guys thanks for inviting me and our new guest, uh, Nick, uh, will be joining us. Uh, Nick, welcome to the show. And as we always do, uh, we ask our new guests to introduce themselves to our audience by telling us a, a movie character and a movie that represents you as a person. What did you come up with? Well, uh, hello, everybody. Thanks for thanks for having me, guys. Really excited to be here. Um, yeah, I had a, I don't know, I, I picked Jack Black from the movie The Holiday, uh so the character from that movie i don't know if you guys have seen the holiday uh he's like this jolly guy like hopeless romantic uh really into movie scores i'm really into movie scores so um i just felt like that was a an appropriate pick for me uh i also picked a movie uh to describe myself um i chose as good as it gets uh i feel like it's like a uh a reimagination of of what you want in life and just just re rethinking it throughout your life and uh, deciding that this is as good as it gets. So, <laughs> uh, and it's a great film. So, yeah. When you say Jack Black's character is into movie scores, do you mean he's into like movie soundtracks or he's into movie ratings? He's no, no, no. He's into movie soundtracks. Okay. Uh, Cause I'm really yeah. into movie ratings, <laughs> <laughs> assigning scores, putting them in spreadsheets, you know, that type of thing. I'm, Car- I'm Carson's who's not like... joking, by the way. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm the guy who's like watching the Oscars for like the the best original score uh, nominations. So that's what that's what makes me uh, go to the movies. Which so that's an interesting. This is sidebar conversation, but uh, I started looking through like the the most recent like Oscar soundtrack winners because. Uh, I think I had it pointed out to me that like uh, Interstellar never won best soundtrack, like it, something else won that year. And then like Hans yeah. Zimmer's won like nothing since like the early nineties. And it just feels like one of these categories where like some of the best people in the biz never actually win the award. Yeah, totally. That's why you always look at the nominations. He was nominated for, for a whole bunch of them, mm-hmm. but doesn't always win. I think that's the case for a lot of Oscar wins though. Like even best picture, I find there's a lot of upsets all the time. You can't always yeah. go by the who wins, I find. Leonardo DiCaprio, like yeah. never won. Like I think that's like a famous example, right? Also and depends on who you're competing against that year. And the one he won for is uh, probably not his best. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the uh, first segment that we have here, we're going to be doing a couple movie reviews. Um, so first movie we're going to talk about is Army of the Dead, uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. We recently did a review of Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, on this show, uh, but now we're doing his latest movie. Uh, Paul, I know you're into zombie movies. What I want to talk about before we actually talk about the movie is what were your guys' actual expectations for this movie? Uh, because we haven't talked about this too much at this point. Uh, I know, Paul, you're into zombie movies. I don't know if you were actually thinking this one was going to be good or not. Um, so that was the question I had for you guys first. Well, I'll, I'll start off because I, I, 
for every like everyone listening, they're not privy to our our WhatsApp conversation leading up to this episode. But uh, to answer Carson's question, I was very excited for this movie. Um, I even like opened a bottle of wine and made a charcuterie board <laughs> to watch it. But um, I mean, my my uh, my expectations were. Uh, I don't, how do I put this? Like. They were met and not met at the same time. I think, like, as excited as I was, I, I, um, I, I knew, like, maybe unconsciously, I knew that there would be things uh, that I wouldn't like, or not that they would ruin the movie for me, but like, just, just little, like, little needles that would poke at me while I'm watching the movie. Um, but I mean, I'll go into that later. I mean, I, I enjoyed it as like as, as as a fun thing to watch when there's nothing else um i'm probably gonna watch it again i mentioned earlier talking to you guys that like i i tend to watch a lot of shitty things more than once um not that this was a shitty movie i mean carson probably thinks <laughs> it was <laughs> but um i mean it's it's like it's just right up my alley just like a kind of a a dumb fun movie that uh, has some some cool action, the zombie element, which I feel like there weren't really any zombies in this movie. But again, yeah. we'll, we can talk about that later. Um, but yeah, I guess that's how I felt about it. Just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you guys felt coming into it. Yeah, I had uh, I had very low expectations. I mean, I'm I wasn't really... Um, I'm not really a big like zombie fan of movies. Um, I, I get it. Um, they're their own genre. Um, and just look, I look, I watch a trailer before watching it just cause I like to watch the trailer before watching movies. And, um, yeah, I think the trailer kind of, you know, uh, made the movie justice. It was a zombie movie and, uh, it kind of delivered in that, but it never went beyond that, which is, um, I mean, which is what I like to see in a movie. It's it's, it's when movie pushes the the genre envelope. I wanted to see parody. I wanted to see comedy. I wanted to see more of that kind of stuff. And I really get that. I thought we were going to, you know, you see the the tiger in the in the trailer, and you're like, oh man, cool. This is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great film. And yeah, I was kind of really let down. Um, uh, and Mina, how about yourself? Like, what kind of expectations did you have for this movie? <laughs> yeah, so I didn't have really high expectations for this movie, although I do like zombie movies, so I was easily satisfied, um, <laughs> I would say. I, I did like some things, I, I guess, without going too much into spoilers. I think there's some unique things that they did, while some things are pretty cliche, uh, but it is a zombie movie, and, you know, you only have so much space to work with. Um what I did like actually was some of the cast. So, like, I actually liked uh, Batista as like the main character. Like, I know, I just I thought he did pretty good in that role. While he's not a great actor, like he, you know, he just like fuck shit up. So that was great. Big badass guy. Yeah, and uh, the guy who plays Ghost from uh, Omari Hardwick. I googled oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, like actually, I don't know what it is, but like I just like watch him be a badass in different things, and he delivered in the zombie movie too. So, yeah. All in all, it was a zombie movie. I think it was a little bit above what I was expecting because I was just expecting a, you know, another one. But they did do some things a bit different. What I kind of like. Yeah. 
So my expectations were contradictory to you on one point, and that was about like the casting and who was in the roles. Because the way that I was seeing this going into the movie was either this movie, like the only avenues that this movie has to being good is one, you love all the characters and it doesn't matter what the story is because the plot's pretty generic. And it's just like, you love these characters, so you're okay with just watching them do what they do. The other avenue is it has really cool zombie action and it's just like badass visuals type thing. Um, and I didn't like, I looked at the cast and I was like, okay, I like Dave Bautista in supporting roles. I didn't think he was going to be able to hold down like a lead role. So I'm like, okay, this is not going to be, and I didn't know who any of the other characters were. So I was like, okay, I'm probably not going to enjoy it from that perspective. So let's hope it looks good and has good action. And like, I'm a Zack Snyder fan and he, if nothing else has good looking movies. So I figured at the very least it would be good looking we'll talk about that and the actual delivery of that. Um, but the one thing I was really worried about going into it was like this idea when you make movies of a certain genre of like, you always have to ramp up the action. Like when Zack Snyder did Dawn of the dead, he had like, it was one of the first movies where they had the fast zombies. And so it's like, okay, they'd have like smart zombies in the trailer and they have like tiger zombie. And I'm like, Oh no, there's just going to be like escalation escalation. So I, I was worried about where that was going to go, but I was thinking like, okay, I just hope it looks good. And that was my expectations for it. So let's open the door for what we actually thought about it. So straight into spoilers as well, right? Yes, full spoilers. Yes. So if you don't want to hear these, skip 20 minutes ahead. Time code's in the description. Is it? Do you do, you do I that? I do that sometimes. Oh, okay, cool. Sometimes <laughs> I say I am and then I don't, but usually. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I feel like... Uh, it it was it was like 50% um, what I had hoped for and 50% dragging it down because what the things that I did hope for which he which Zack Snyder did were also like ruined by certain certain things um, mostly about the plot and the characters I, I think maybe those are my my main co- complaints um, like I'm I'm I think I'm gonna disagree a little bit with Carson here about the visuals. I, I think the the action was was kind of cool. Like the zombie tiger was fun. Yeah. Um, although it was like that stuff was kind of ruined by like the action. I want to say not making sense, but it, it's like I, it's hard to explain. Like. The, the the zombie okay let, let's start with the zombies because i feel like those those made some sense because they were they weren't i mean they they didn't make sense if you if you're thinking about zombies because you you have the fast zombies but then um these were like ninja zombies which explain, are like yeah they explained the rules if you will yeah like, right yeah. they talk about the the alphas and what happens you know yeah but I mean, like, so I, I get that, like, they're they're smart and they they still eat people, so they're zombies. But like, I don't know, maybe I'm just being like, old, like a, an old old man <laughs> shaking my fist. But like, these these are my zombies. Like, they, they they were just so far like advanced that they weren't they they just didn't seem like zombies to me anymore. So I mean, that's a small gripe, I guess. But like out of that, there was like some cool things, like the the main alpha guy putting the helmet on so they couldn't shoot him in the head. Like, okay, cool, he's smart. I I just I feel like I enjoy it better not thinking about them as zombies. I I liked the aesthetic yeah. of, of like how they looked, but I do want to separate how the world looked and how their CGI looked from. Do you know how to focus a camera? 
because <laughs> the movie itself looked terrible just from like a camera perspective. And I don't know why. I just like Zack Snyder's really good at stuff like that. But the zombie like design itself I liked. And I like the smart quote unquote zombies. The tiger zombie. The tiger zombie was cool. I haven't seen a movie with a tiger zombie before. If there's if there's any out there, let me know. I just don't know. <laughs> Actually, sorry, yeah. really quick. There's we've talked about one in our previous episode. It's like a you know the asylum um, studio. Like they make all these knockoff shitty movies. So like there's Pacific Rim. So then they made Atlantic Rim. There's <laughs> there's not heard of this. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so they they made like a zombie movie, and at the end. Their like big finish is a zombie tiger that fights like Ving Rhames, and his uh, his big uh, quip to the zombie tiger is "Meow, bitch." <laughs> That's amazing. Spent a good like twenty minutes on that <laughs> in our last episode. Sorry, continue. I was just gonna say for me, yeah, like for me, the the biggest issue with that film was the plot. Um, they they spent. I mean, the movie's way too long. First of all, it's 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 yeah. For what it was, um, they spent so much time hyping up the the villain or what you expect the villain to be, which is the zombies. Uh, you know, they explain them and how there's a hierarchy and how they're treating this town as their kingdom and and you're you know you're really you know okay you know they're gonna go in there they're gonna rock some zombies and they do that that's great but I find that as soon as they went in the villain of the movie changed all of a sudden now it was holy shit there's gonna be a nuke and we have to get the hell out of here as soon as possible and the zombies became the back end now they were they were still there they were still like a, a deterrent to getting to the goal but now the biggest villain was the nuke and it just I feel like it just completely changed the all of the characters motivation and i lost interest in the movie like completely i didn't care what the big guy like the guy with the the metal head did anymore because <laughs> like the whole point was oh shit we have whatever like 10 minutes to get out of here or else we're all gonna die so it, it the zombies were not as i don't know as a, much of a threat anymore which is just, i don't know you didn't care about you you didn't care about the the lady that uh, Dave Batista's daughter went in to find in the first place, <laughs> who doesn't no. even show up at the end. <laughs> like she doesn't even check to see if she's okay after the helicopter crash. They didn't even like. I, I get you're supposed to like want that and you're supposed to like her, but like I know if like they didn't do enough of that. It was just yeah, again missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I'm just kidding because like yeah. I, I, I remember I was saying like she's I I get she's like worried about her dad because spoiler alert again Dave Batista is like getting zombified but then even after he's dead the girl his daughter sorry plot point that we haven't explained his daughter goes into like zombie vegas to find her friend who has like to save her because she has kids and she needs to support them and then at the end they've like escaped with in the helicopter and she talks to her dad and then just it cuts no like you don't see the lady on camera at all you don't know if she's alive or not and that's the whole reason why she was like half of them were in there Mm-hmm. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, maybe it'll help to like. To... Sorry, go ahead, Carson. I was gonna say like maybe it'll help to like chunk this movie out into the different parts so we can talk about whether we like them or not. First thing I wanted to ask you guys about was about like the mythos of the zombies or the rules of the zombies that they presented. Like that was one of the things that I was saying I kind of worried about going and I actually liked it a little bit more. But like just the idea of um, zombies being smart, like the rules that they had the world. Like, how did you guys feel about that? Uh, yeah, a little bit like what Paula said. I felt like they weren't really zombies. You know, you they were a bit too smart. They were organized. It felt like they were, like it even said, like, this is their kingdom and you have to give them a sacrifice in order to enter their kingdom. And I felt like that was, we're not dealing with zombies at that point. We're dealing with some other monster and that's, 
I mean, and that's okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it <laughs> it, it just it, it takes away from the like brainless, you know, uh, zombie trope that we're so used to seeing in zombie movies. It's it's yeah, it's different. I I expected to agree with that because like I agree with like especially I've talked about uh, Godzilla versus King Kong and those movies so for so long of like it works so much better when a villain or a monster like that is kind of like a, a mindless device that kind of is a plot device and pushes the characters to do other things. And that's how you think of zombies. Like zombies aren't characters. Zombies are a thing you're afraid of. There are things that heighten the action and it's like, Oh, okay. Are we going to try to like make them into a character? But I actually like, I'm not going to say I liked it, but I didn't hate it. And like, why was the main zombie wearing a cape? Doesn't matter. I still like the visual <laughs> of it, I guess. Um, yeah. Like and I was too. like, I, I I also like that they didn't explain it because it's like they presented a newish world of zombies. They told you enough information to understand what was going on in the movie. And then they didn't feel the need to explain too much more. Because like if they would have gotten in like really big detail on like that main zombie, I probably would have stopped caring. But it's like, OK, here's some detail for the background. Enough for me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the fact that the main guy was, he's not really a zombie. Like, yeah, he's some other monster that can create zombies, right? Like, that that's how I see it. And, like, how there's these alphas and they, like, they dress up and, you know, they have, like, the queen is, like, has jewels <laughs> on her head. Like, clearly they're more sophisticated, if you will, than, like, a regular just, like, eat me zombie, like, you know? Like, which was... I, I kind of like that, though. I kind of like that they try to, like, take your traditional zombie and, like, tweak it a little bit that's probably what i actually enjoyed which is it yeah that's fair like i i appreciate the the difference i I, like because i'm on both sides of the fence where like i like zombies like i like how i know zombies which is like the the shambling sometimes they're fast fine um but then like ninja zombies okay we're kind of getting away from the border or Mm. but at the same time i i appreciate that it's different um um and like so Carson, going back to what you were saying, like, so you're you're all about the little conversation at the beginning of the movie, with the two army guys. Um, they're like hauling the uh, the the zombie cage or whatever, and they're like, "Ooh, we were coming from Area 51. So uh, what do you think we got back there? Like, it's uh, maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's uh, which is like throughout the rest of the movie, it's not like explored a whole lot, but there's like hints because like some of their eyes are blue or. It's, that's not explained. There's all all these other rules about like this one can turn others into the alphas, but like some of them are just regular. Like you you, how did you feel about that stuff? Carson. I was okay with there being more out there. Like the idea, like you said, like the blue in their eyes and the blue that comes out when you shoot them in the head. Like they were hinting that there was other stuff going on there, and I'm totally okay with that because they didn't hinge the story on it like they kind of just presented some details and they kind of let you think about it and clearly he wants to make a lot more movies and explain those things i hope he doesn't i hope he just leaves it at this because that's more interesting for me but i didn't i mean that scene sucked because those guys are weird conversation but the idea of it i didn't hate and i feel like i'm defending this movie way more than i thought i would i i want to mention i did not like this movie at all I actually, that's one of the parts that I hated the most. I feel like it started off 
a certain kind of movie. I felt like it was like an army commando movie, that first scene, which I, I, I was like, all right, this is the this is what we're going with. I hope that carries out through the film. And then all of a sudden we turn into, no, this is a heist film. Uh, and then it's like, oh, no, wait, now we're going to be adding zombies. Oh, and there's a nuke as well that you need to dodge. I felt like it was constantly trying to find its identity and could not land on something. And I find that that first scene was like, kind of didn't start off well. It was there's, it was too much like whiplash for me. The, the Oh, the first scene with uh, like the army guys? The army guys and then, yeah, like them transporting the, the zombie. I get that we're trying to do like, an, an, like trying to, to fill in backstory and, and whatnot and provide a, a story for the zombies. But I felt like that whole, the whole style of that, of that first part was completely different from the rest of the film. And I just, I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, I, I, okay. Fair warning. I did not watch this film like from sitting down all the way through. (laughs) I stopped it like a few times. So maybe I'm a little bit like biased here, but uh, yeah, that's, I kind of felt a little bit like the movie couldn't quite keep up with its own or, or decide what it wanted to be. While we're on the topic of world building, how did you guys feel about the scene where they found the bodies of themselves? I I felt like I didn't think that was really supposed to be themselves. I thought it was just like there he's kind of like seeing, oh, this it kind of looks like us, but not really, just because he's like freaking the the safe cracker guy out. Like, um so I mean, sorry, for context, um Omari Hardwick is um having some like pep talk with the the foreign the german safe cracker guy who's like kind of a wuss kind of a sissy um who like screams at a girl every time he sees a, <laughs> screams at a girl screams like a girl every time he sees a zombie and then he's like wow maybe uh this is just we're going in a time loop uh and all these bodies you see here is us and we're just doomed to repeat history something like that doesn't really yeah. matter it's never <laughs> carried on but i yeah i just thought it was like the the safe cracker freaking out it was like kind of a nothing burger i mean yeah. it was it was fun it was cool but i thought it was that that there was like another team that they had sent before them who then just died and then they probably tried like you know i thought that i didn't think of it that much but i know yeah i think it goes with the like blue eyes i think it's something that happened that wasn't really explained or couldn't didn't get carried through at all which is Again, missed opportunity, but I didn't really like this film. Sorry, <laughs> I only have like bad things to say. So, Carson, you think that's like you think the the sequel is going to be built on that or something? I I can't. I think it was more of a thing than was actually presented in this movie. I think it was a setup for stuff. Like, uh, it was pointed out to me after I watched this by a number of different reviews that this movie is basically a remake of Aliens, which I have not seen Aliens for like twenty years, so I didn't catch up. I didn't catch that when I was watching it. Usually I hate references and stuff like that, but and maybe I'm giving Zack Snyder too much credit, but I almost feel like he was trying to go for a thing where you have these action stereotype characters and um, like I don't know how to say it, but you know in like Cabin in the Woods, how there's like uh, a government agency that like creates this scenario for like kids to do like the whole horror thing. It's like I almost wondering if they're creating a world where like these action stereotypes are a singular person that they keep re-putting into the same type of story over and over again and that it's going to be like the next movie dave batista is going to be put into like a different type of story where it's the exact same thing that we've seen in every other action movie ever um i don't know if that's what they were going for but 
I think we need to get you in touch with Zack Snyder because <laughs> <laughs> he, I don't think he knows that he's making that movie. <laughs> but it's like... That's a cool concept, though. They have cool. to have had a thought when you put that in. Like, you don't just... And maybe I am giving these people too much credit, but why put it in if you didn't have an idea in the first place of where you were going with it? I, I feel like it was his attempt at giving Omari Hard- Hardwick a character. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be the even which is weird because as one of the people who actually did enjoy the movie, um, even though I'm bashing it, I'm I'm going to say, like, yeah, I I think it's just like it's a thing like because when they finally reach the safe area or like the vault area, I feel like that's when Zack Snyder tried giving all of his the Dave Bautista's team like some some story because like the 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 Latina lady all of a sudden was like, oh, I love you, like, near the end. I don't know if you remember that. And then right right after that, she gets her neck broken. broken. And, like, the, the safe cracker is, like, talking like talking about how much he loves safes. I don't know. Like, each, each person on the team started getting their own little thing just in that one area. And then, but then that was it. So, like, yeah. Yeah, usually you do that at like the beginning of the movie to make people care about your characters and then you take them through a story, not like take them through a story and then try to establish them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I mean like the the whole like bodies resembling them was just kind of like adding to what's Omari Van Vander Vander something. Vander. Adding to his character before before his character's done. <laughs> I so that one scene where all of a sudden they reveal the love interest between Dave Batista and that woman utterly failed as like a dramatic moment, but <laughs> yeah. succeeded yeah. in adding to the hilarity of what happened immediately after it. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny and I know it wasn't supposed to be. Maybe that's like, you know, I think I enjoyed this movie cause I took it for what it is. Like, you know, like I had no expectations. So I'm like, Oh, she professed her love. She's going to die, like, right away. <laughs> when, when they talk about the nuke in, like, two days, I'm like, okay, like, that's going to happen. Like, that's going to yes. be pushed up. Like I, like, I saw all these things. I'm like, eh, predictable. But, like, I still enjoyed it. But you, I, you're there to watch Dave Batista be a badass. Yeah. Right? So I'm there to watch. Badass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm there to watch, like, zombies get shot up and everyone dies. Like, that, that's what I want to watch. That's Did it crazy. succeed in that regard, then? Well, everyone died except for the one character. Well, I sorry, not the probably. not the everyone dies part, but like the action. Were you, were you yeah. all three of you, were you satisfied by the action? It was okay. It was. <laughs> uh, I give it a seven out of ten for action. It could have definitely been better, but yeah, I wasn't really watching it for action, to be honest. Uh, I expected like this. I was hoping this film was going to be like a Shaun of the Dead type zombie movie where it was more of a parody than a serious zombie movie. And you mentioned like Cabin in the Woods, which is like a parody of horror. I really wanted this to be a parody of, of zombie movies, but it I don't think it really landed. Do you guys think it landed? Like, do you find that it was like self-aware and, and kind of you know in on the joke with us or i think one character was um but which is tignataro's character which yeah, i think most yeah. people would agree is like the, one of the better characters in the movie i wish every character would have yeah, been I like agree. her I, I agree i completely agree yeah yeah she, which is I- ironic best. which is ironic because they all like hate her <laughs> in the movie but um yeah like when you're going back to the action i i would also give it a seven out of ten 
but for different reasons. Like this is me beating my 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 dead horse of zombie ninjas, but like the action is cool, but I don't expect to see like the raid type choreographed fighting with zombies when you're like Dave Bautista's in the the vault and then the alphas break through and they're like throwing punches at each other and they're like doing all this like karate sh- like kung fu shit. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, like that. That is the exact moment when I was like, "These are not zombies. Like this is, is cool. They're fighting, but like it's not. It's not zombies." And then, the the only other main gripe that I had about the zombies is that, or maybe not so much the zombies, but like the action in general is like every shot was a headshot when they needed it to be. Even like Dave Batista's daughter, who's like a charity volunteer and has never held a gun before, like she's like shooting at zombies with a handgun from like a hundred yards away. And she's like nailing headshots every time. But then when they're like, like they, they need to be in trouble. She's like, then she's not, she's never held a handgun before. That was like, those were like my, my two main things. But other than that, like the action was cool and fun enough for me to enjoy the movie, especially like the whole tiger sequence. Yeah, it's cool. It's like, I had to cover phase eyes, but it was fun. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that like, Going back to one of Zack Snyder's other, his only other zombie movie, Dawn of the Dead, the one scene in Dawn of the Dead where the fat lady is in bed and she like slowly dies and then like stands up and runs at people for like half a second. I don't know if you guys remember the scene in Dawn of the Dead. Mm -hmm. That scene was probably more scary than everything that happened in Army of the Dead. And it's like, it had no subtlety. Like it it felt like one of those arcade games that you play at a bar where it's just like you shoot and then there's, you know, a little puff of red that comes out from people, you know, headshot every time. It's just like, there was no suspense. At at no point did I ever care if a character was going to die or was worried or scared. You, You know what's weird? The only time that I was worried that a character was going to die was the first girl that died with a, like the, 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 Latina gangbanger Chambers. Her name was Chambers. Her yeah. name was Chambers. Oh, you know, her, her name was Chambers. She had the longest fight scene. Yes. yes. Of, in the like, whole movie. It was like, like her and she mows down like Yeah. Of like an unnamed character. And like halfway so she, she's like she gets double crossed by uh uh one of the guys that like sent them all sent the whole team to rob the, the casino. And then she gets led down like a dark path with all these zombies. And then her her like struggle goes on so long for like at least i don't know like five minutes to the point where like i'm like she was a she she has no name but i really want her to survive because she's so cool now and then she dies right after which is so like it's so weird i've never seen like a side character get treated with so much respect (laughs) i feel like that's a scene they stole from aliens again i haven't rewatched it since i watched army of the dead but i think they stole that straight out of aliens I don't think so. There's a character in Aliens that has her exact same like handkerchief on her head. Oh, like the the bandana. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's like badass girl, but like she she doesn't really have like a whole like martial arts uh, sequence, like a a old boy hallway hammer scene type sequence. <laughs> I will agree that's the best action scene in the movie. That was the that was the best action scene though for like a girl yeah. who was in the movie just to be a red shirt, just to be there. So. So none of the main characters die too early. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going to keep her alive just because she was such a badass. And like, you know, she is going to, you know, but no, the plot was not that deep. <laughs> it's it, it goes like all roads for me lead back to the ninja zombies where like 
again, it's cool, but I think it was just ruined by uh, Day of the Dead, which has Nick Cannon in it. And I think it was the first time I ever saw a ninja zombie. If you don't know what I'm talking about, actually, I can't say watch it because you shouldn't watch it. But it 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 it, it was the first time I ever saw like a a very smart athletic zombie. Um. Yeah, one of the scenes that I liked the most uh, was probably right before that fight scene um, with Bandana Lady, and uh, which is when I think they were like they were in a, a like cramped hallway or like some kitchen and they had to be really quiet and they had to get really close to the zombies because they were all sleeping or something. Uh, and they had to like inch their way and like crawl and then make sure to not hit them. That was cool. It like actually I was, it was, it was the first time that I was like, okay, they're building tension. Great. Um, they never really did anything because once they woke up, she just rocked them all for the most <laughs> part. <laughs> but like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and then of course, like the whole character as a zombie just kind of blew up, and uh, we all, I, I, all I cared about eventually was just like the nuke. So, which is again, <laughs> just, <laughs> not the point of a zombie movie. <laughs> not the point of a zombie movie. Yeah. Are you guys? Would you watch Army of the Dead too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I would watch it just like it's as like n- not out of any love for Zack Snyder or for Army of the Dead one. It just like it's a zombie movie and it, it maybe it's cool. I uh, I I might like it. I think having cool moments in the movie like head headband lady or like um uh Tignataro being funny um the helicopter pilot like stuff like that is usually enough for me to enjoy a movie as long as the majority of it is not shitty and boring so i would watch the second one i i don't like zombie movies so i probably wouldn't (laughs) but uh yeah i mean hey you know what like it is good fun it was an action movie it did what it kind of promised it was going to be or at least it met my expectations which were low in the first place so yeah if i feel like you know on a rainy day yeah i would would maybe put it on and have it in the (laughs) background I said no because i just don't want them to do a sequel to this it's just like like if they do a sequel all the characters are dead, so, like, what is the <laughs> point? But I would watch another zombie movie just because I like zombie movies in general. So I'm, like, the opposite of, like, Nicholas, I guess, but... <laughs> but they set it up to be a sequel, right? Like, that guy... Yeah. Kind of, it yeah. was. It's almost like there's definitely... He's gonna land in Mexico City, and he's been bit, and, yeah, it's, that's why I said I wouldn't watch it, because I'm like, eh, I don't want to watch yeah. Zombie and Murray Hardwick. I want to watch, like... Yeah. <laughs> Other stuff, uh, new people, you know, I don't know. I just wouldn't want to see a continuation of that story, I guess. Well, well but if, I'd like to but I'd like to see the action. Yeah, I mean if they make a second like a a sequel, at least you'll know Dave Batista as much as I love him will not be uh the main guy who is the same main guy in every single one of his movies, like the the troubled uh brute who's lost his family. <laughs> <laughs> and is on a, like a revenge tour. So overdone. <laughs> I feel, but like it's like him specifically, like Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy, is. Drax. Um, there's a yeah. movie. Um, uh, I think it's called Bushwick. I don't know if you guys seen seen this. He's in 
uh it's like new york and like some hillbillies are like far far right extremists like take o- try to take over america and he's like he's the same guy basically anyways so taking over for steven seagal <laughs> uh but the, like a the rock kind a more of more likable like... steven seagal yeah he's kind of like the rock it's like another rock but no but Batista always has his like family. He's like he's like alone and he's like troubled. The Rock isn't always like that. Looting. Yeah. All right. Any last comments on Army of the Dead? All right. It's on Netflix. Go watch it or don't. We don't care. <laughs> uh, next movie we're talking about is Nobody. Uh, so if you haven't seen Nobody, which is probably a lot of people at this point, this is a lesser known movie. Uh, Nobody is basically like John Wick if John Wick was like an older, out-of-shape man. Uh, yeah, there's really not much more of an introduction I can give to that. Um, the main guy is played by Bob Odenkirk, who plays the lawyer in uh, Breaking Bad. Um, and now Better Call Saul is the spinoff. Uh, I don't think a lot of you guys like heard of uh, Nobody. Did you guys have any expectations? Did you know much about this movie before watching it? I did not yeah. hear about it except through you guys. So, <laughs> but I'm glad that you brought it up because I liked it. But yeah, yeah I, right. I saw an ad for it on my, like my TV, but that was as far as I went, as far as expectations. So I kind of figured. I mean, just just looking at like the ad, it was like uh, the main character with a bunch of like fists kind of hitting his face. Uh, I kind of figured it was going to be like a fight-ish kind of guy going against the world, which I was kind of right, but. Yeah. You could tell it was made by the same guy who wrote John Wick, or like, right? like who yeah. made John Wick. It's like the action is so John Wick esque. It's like even even like there's a kitchen and like they come into the kitchen. You have to like kill them. All, you know, it's mm-hmm. like the first John Wick movie. Wait, second. was it actually the same guy who did John Wick? Yeah, I thought the like the author or the director, the some yeah. someone is the same. Uh, written by the same person but I yeah I oh cool I yeah I mean I I got John Wick vibes as well it's like I I would I would uh, describe it as 60% John Wick 30% uh, kick ass Um, because he just like he gets beat up like he's supposed to be like a elite assassin guy but he gets beat up during his fights and then 10% like shoot him up I don't know if you've guys seen that movie uh, with Clive Owen. Mm-hmm. He's like a, a gun shooting champ and he makes like all these traps. Um, yeah, with the carrots. Yeah. I would say exactly what you said, Polo, except the 10%, I would swap it for Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> uh, so shoot him up in Home Alone are like like adult versus child versions. <laughs> it's like Home it. Alone with guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's it worth mentioning. Much. It's worth mentioning when you compare it to John Wick that like, Keanu Reeves is a very physical actor. He trains a lot. He does like all, a lot of his stunts. He does very good stunts. Um, those same people made Atomic Blonde. Charlize Theron also did a really good job of all the stunts in that. Uh, Bob Odenkirk is not that guy. Uh, yeah. He's he's very like his character in the movie is like somebody who's working like a dead end like nine to five job. We're living like a boring suburb life, um, and he's the right casting for that role because he's not like it's like sometimes they cast these people as like, Oh, somebody's like unsuspecting a nine to five. And then it's like the rock. And it's like, 
that kind of kills the illusion of it. And it's like, okay, nobody's mistaking Bob Odenkirk for an action star, which I think is to this movie's benefit. Yeah, I like that, but it's so weird because he's like scrawny and he's like probably short. Like, I don't know how tall he is, but he doesn't look that physically menacing. Yeah, here he is, like stab, stab, plate. You know, <laughs> that's the whole. I think that's the whole point, though. I think you want they wanted to put someone that looked like you know anybody, right? Nobody or whatever. Uh, that you, I, I think they really wanted someone that that they because you know anybody could be watching this film and think, hey, that could be me, or hey, I could do that, and, and love that film because of it. Yeah, and like at the beginning of the movie, like they take their time in the beginning, which I appreciate. Like there's a, a break in at his house that you know he it looks like he's about to do something and then he doesn't. And then he goes to track someone down and it's like, he almost does something and he doesn't. And it's like, if he would have come out and there was like a breaking in his house and he's immediately like, you know, headshotting people, I'd be like, okay, this is bullshit. But the fact that they ramped up to it to kind of like a, a bus fight that, uh, and part of his character that I appreciated is like, he was disappointed when he didn't get into a fight uh, in earlier parts of the movie, when he tracked down people who burglared his house. Um, and then like, there's this moment when he's sitting on a bus kind of feeling bad about the fact that he wasn't able to get into a fight. And then like these drunk guys, drunk Russian guys like crash a car next to them. And he's like, Oh, thank God I get to beat someone up. And it's like, by that point in the movie, I felt like it earned that thought. Like I was like, I was on board with it. Whereas if they would have done that sooner, I wouldn't have bought into it as well. Yeah, it was a bit too much on the nose. Like, I think his motivation for me, like, you know, they build him up as, you know, yeah, the break-in happens at his house. And then uh, he gets, you know, demasculated or whatever, emasculated because he he didn't fight back. The cops on him, his neighbors, like, razzing him about it. His son's razzing him about it. He feels like a terrible person, a terrible dad. And then his motivation isn't actually to get back his things that were stolen. It's to get back his groove, right, or whatever. Um, and his motivation is to, to get back into the game, I guess, or whatever, or prove his masculinity or something. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my take on it. I, I never understood, like interpreted it as like, he was wanting to get back into it because he was being emasculated because he, he didn't attack the person because they didn't have bullets in their gun. He felt bad for them. Like he, he knows who he is and what his career was in the past. Like, I didn't think he was feeling emasculated i think he just missed that part of his life and he had committed to living a quieter life to let like his family grow up and whatnot and he kind of didn't like that life choice and was looking for an excuse to break out of it so i I was interpreting it more as that just as opposed to like trying to look manly again yeah i kind of got the same sense especially because like as much as he cares about his daughter he didn't start all that shit just for like a kitty cat bracelet (laughs) (laughs) um and like yeah the the at first the uh the fact that he was like so confident about beating down the five russian guys yet he kind of got his ass kicked at the same time and he got stabbed and and stuff like i it confused me because i thought Later on, like it's revealed, like he's a super government agent. I was like, wait, but why is he so bad? And then I realized, oh, okay, maybe he's just shaking off the rust, which then I appreciated even more, which is kind of cool. I, I, I really, I really like this movie. <laughs> Can we talk about how he lost his family in the panic room for like, I guess, a few <laughs> days while he hunted down the Russian mafia? I think, and then. 
Okay. And then they let him out, and then they're all just fine with it. And when they buy the next house, they're like, make sure it has a basement. I forgot what they say at the end, but you get the point. Yeah, clearly his wife knew who he was before, so I was like, okay. I was understanding yeah. that she was okay with it, but it's like, yeah, the kids were just like, oh, okay. I, I understand the son, because the son always, always, he started off as like hating his dad because he thought he was a, a ninny. Um, but then the daughter is just like walking through bodies of like dead Russians and like she's like hearing gunshots and explosions and like, but she's fine. Well, I guess they never really show her again, but I'm assuming she had her, she had her eyes closed, Paula. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the smell. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sounds. I, I think they knew better than to put too much of the family stuff into like the second half of the movie because it's like yeah. that's an important part of the first half to establish who he is but it's like that would have really dragged it down if they tried to justify it because you can't really well yeah. i thought they were going to get kidnapped at some point because like there was the my only complaint about this is that he's never really in trouble like he gets beat up during his fights but there's never a point where like uh what's yulian the, the the Russian gangster. Yeah. There's never there's never a point where he has like the upper hand on him and he's like, oh, how am I gonna get out of this? It's like a very brief moment where they're all out of bullets, and then when he does that Claymore trick, which is fucking awesome. But yeah. like, it's there's no there's no uh, worry that he's gonna get that he's gonna lose. Which I, I mean, I, I love that. I love that about the movie. <laughs> I I yeah. it was like it was a thing in the movie that was like kind of dangled in front of our faces the whole time. We were waiting for it. It never happened, which I loved it. It was different. Usually, I expected it too. I was expecting that like, oh shit, how is he gonna get out of this one moment? And it never happened. So I it just kept going. Uh, like it was it was a great. The, the fight sequences were awesome, and yeah. it kept its pace throughout the film, which I I really liked. I also like that they didn't have like a family kidnap or something like that, but I wish they would have beat him up a little bit more. Like you think of Charlize Theron in Atomic Blonde and like, she looks like physically beat up throughout that movie. It's like, even though she's supposed to be a badass and it's like, you feel the weight of it. And I feel like that's something that could have been a strength for the movie is like Bob Odenkirk's supposed to be like an everybody person. And he's not super Keanu Reeves action man. And it's like, okay, just beat him up, break his arm, like put some more like blood on him just to like show that a little bit more visually. Because <laughs> like, yeah, the, the one, like it's, I, I understand that I like, I, I, this doesn't take away from the movie for me at all, but I feel like it just could have been elevated a little bit. Cause like even John Wick has like a bulletproof suit. <laughs> Bob Odenkirk or nobody is just like, he's wearing his, his, like his, his home clothes and he's getting shot and stabbed, but like, he's totally fine throughout the whole time. And there's there's not a lot of struggle. I mean, he gets like again, he gets beat up a lot, which is fine. I mean, it's cool, um, but I, I don't know if it's like tension that I'm looking for or like uh, worry or conflict that he might not actually win. But I mean, the rest, everything else was so cool and fun that I I didn't care that much. Like I I enjoyed the ride the whole way through, anyways. What about uh, Riza in like an action role when he like oh. snipes? I actually, like, I love Riz as an artist, so I'm really biased. But, like, I like the part where he, like, gets a triple headshot. He, like, turns the corner. Felt like a video game. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, this is, like, Call of Duty. I, I was okay with Riza, and I was okay with Christopher Lloyd in the senior home. I wasn't okay with Christopher <laughs> Lloyd running around a warehouse. 
<laughs> yeah, like old yeah. man with the shotgun. Like, how is he doing this? No recoil. Like, <laughs> he's a, he's yeah. a strong old man. He I can, guess he can control yeah. that recoil. Like, it's the old man strength. You know, they just get older. You just keep putting on muscles somehow. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, <laughs> I really like Christopher Lloyd's character in in this movie. Yeah, he he was he was good. I would totally watch a movie with like an action film with like Christopher Lloyd kicking ass the whole time. <laughs> I, I would that would be a great film to watch. I, I feel like this was a better version of you know that movie Red that yeah. uh, with Bruce yeah. Willis. Uh, I think yeah. Morgan like Freeman. Yeah, the, the whole yeah. point is like they're all old and like they're not support. They're like fighting young assassins, whatever. This is like a better version of that, a more fun version of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, the the Riza like. Um, I think this is probably my favorite cameo of him in any movie. I actually thought it was uh, when I heard his voice on the two-way radio. I thought it was going to be uh, what's that guy from The Wire? Like everyone's got to have a code guy. Oh, uh, uh, the guy who plays Omar. Omar, yes. I thought it was him. I thought that was his voice. Oh, the scarred is that? Yeah, yeah. But I was happy that it was RZA. <laughs> I know it's cool. Overall, sounds is... like positive yeah. reviews for most of us. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, this is not like it's not like a zombie movie where you're like, you know, you're expecting like horror tension. This is like it seemed like a an action movie that like gradually built and then it delivered what you're expecting. You know, that that's why I think I liked it so much. I don't know. I feel like the zombies were in in Army of the Dead were better fighters than the Russian mobsters in the in this movie. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yo, the yeah, zombies no, like... were dodging bullets, though. Do you remember, like, the first scene? <laughs> the guy, they're shooting at him, and he's like... <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this guy's not a zombie. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked Nobody, actually. I was... I, I thought it was not good. I thought it was going to be, like, a John Wick film, which I like John Wick, but I just... I feel like there's so many of those movies being produced these days. I thought it was just going to be one of those still, but it did something a little bit different, which I appreciated, so I liked it. I think they're making a John Wick 4 as well, by the way. (laughs) Yep. Oh, definitely. It's a cash cow. Why not? Any last thoughts on Nobody? Um, Loved it. Highly recommend. I'm going to tell this. I'm going to tell all my friends to watch it because it was so good. Yeah. If if you're listening out there, watch this movie before you watch Army of the Dead. Because if you watch Army of the Dead first, uh, this is going to ruin it. Because you're gonna think Army of the Dead sucked in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will end off our review segment there, and we'll move on to our second segment, which is our pandemic movie pitches. So uh, a few episodes ago, uh, Mina, you came on. We talked about uh, your, I guess maybe like top ten, or I forget how what we did, but we talked about all the pandemic movies out there. Uh, you kind of rank them based on their accuracy and just kind of general enjoyment. Um, and now for this episode, what we're doing is pitching our own movies. Uh, so I don't know if we had solid, if we agreed on criteria or not, but we've all come up with a movie idea related to pandemic. Some of these might relate to the current situation of the world with COVID-19. Some of them may not, maybe their own thing completely. Um, I don't know what you guys are doing because we haven't told each other. Uh, but Mina, how about you uh, tell us yours first? Yeah, so... Thanks, Carson. Yeah, so I, I thought about this a little bit because, I mean, I like pandemic movies, having, like, you know, the scientific background I have. And I think, interestingly, COVID-19 has uh, 
shed the light on another pandemic that we are maybe like witnessing. So the name of this movie that I call uh, that I thought it was called Stupidity, <laughs> and it is the current pandemic that we are dealing with. And what it is really about is people who basically there's a there's an airborne virus that turns people into zombies. Okay, so I'm I I don't know why, but I like the zombie part. So the way it works is there's an airborne virus, people inhale it, and then they become really stupid and complain about their rights the whole time. But they don't really become zombies. They just say, like, my rights, manager, my rights. And then eventually what happens is if you have a mask, you're protected from the stupidity. But if you don't, you become a zombie. But they're not, like, super smart zombies. They're not super strong. They're not even bloodthirsty. They're just really stupid. So they kill themselves by accident and the rock is the hero here okay so now now here comes the cast so the rock is the hero he's trying to marshal all the stupid people to stop them from killing themselves then there's lawrence fishbourne who's the scientist because i like lawrence fishbourne and uh he is trying to come up with a sort of cure to stupidity spoiler at the end of the movie there is no cure all the stupid people die <laughs> and then and then what ends up happening is actually the world becomes a better place because all the stupid people have died and all the people that wear masks to protect themselves from the virus are actually saved. And then Lawrence Fishburne at that point decides to develop a vaccine to protect people as opposed to cure to, you know, there's just so you know the difference between a vaccine and cure. If you're sick, you got to cure your, you know, you're cured. But a vaccine is to protect you before something happens, right? I think we've all learned about what vaccines do over the last year. So, anyways, this is so this is the the plot that I came up with in my head. Although The Rock is really this good guy, so he's trying to save everyone. Here's the plot twist: is eventually he becomes so fed up that he just leads them all into basically a, a bridge where they all just walk off and they all drown. And they all they all drown themselves to death. And he's like, oh fuck it. I tried and he walks away with like a shotgun on his back and that's like the end. <laughs> what was the shotgun for? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> so no make him look badass. We can't, yeah, I don't know. Because he's the rock and he looks badass with a shotgun. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't have much else like detail for that, but I it, it fulfilled my my uh, dreams of COVID nineteen <laughs> zombie apocalypse movie. Nice. So I'm, is this like a comedy, a horror, or like? Yeah, it's it's like a comedy, like more of like you know like Shaun of the Dead type of thing, like yeah. supposed to be like a comedy horror. Have you ever seen Idiocracy? Uh, no, I have not actually. So Idiocracy is a movie where, uh, what's his name, Luke Wilson, plays a character who goes like a thousand years into the future, and everyone in the world is just got dumb over time. And so like Mountain Dew has replaced water, or like, you know, their version of Mountain Dew. And um, uh, Terry Crews is the president, and he just like has a machine gun, and he comes in and just like, uh, when people get convicted of something, they go to like a monster car fight and they get killed. Anyway, you, you should check it out because like some of this uh, exists out there. I would love to see this. I, I recently rewatched that movie. It is it holds up quite well. Cool. Thanks, Carson. We'll check that out. I'm speechless. 
Sorry. Uh, in a good way. In should a I give way. more detail? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you've covered all the bases that I would like to see in a in a movie from you, Mina. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it. When's it? I hope it's coming out soon. I need to uh, I need to iron out some other parts of the plot, you know, because <laughs> I just had the beginning and the end worked out. I need to figure out the rest. You need some financing. Yeah, that's my work, maybe. You need to leave it open to for sequels, man. You can also have like one of them, like one of the zombies, like walk away, like surviving and off the cliff, you know. Like and one the- of them opens their eyes, like last sequence, you know, <laughs> typical like. <laughs> Puts on a mask. <laughs> right, yeah, learns, yeah. <laughs> oh. Or like the wind accidentally blows it onto his face so he just like can't take it off because he's too dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and like the becomes... slow progression of like like the monkeys from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah. They slowly get smarter. <laughs> I think we got something here. Glad I'm not going like next you. after that. I'll go next. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, actually, mine is very similar to that. Surprisingly, I think we're like on a similar wavelength. Okay, so for me, um, I so essentially this is after COVID. So this is like about thirty years into. Imagine thirty years after COVID first hit. So we're like twenty fifty. Um, a lot of money's been synced into like. Uh, pandemic research and funding after COVID because all the people died. Uh, but this was mostly private money because there's been a upsurgence of like anti-science uh, rhetoric happening. Okay. Um, and that's grown exponentially over the years. So uh, we're at a point now it's, uh, you know, really the, this task force that, that handles pandemics now is really the only last bastion of intellect that's happening in the world. That's where all the real scientists are going. Uh, they have their own academy. They have their own like university. Um, and uh, so this is being, and, and this is head, this academy, this task force is head by Jim Parsons. He's like the, the, like the head uh, scientist. He makes the decisions. They've killed off already like a whole bunch of outbreaks. They've stopped a lot of outbreaks happening, COVID-like outbreaks since then, uh, unbeknownst to the rest of the population, of course, right? Because everyone's anti-science. None of that makes it to the news, but they're really saving the planet every few years until uh the most recent virus and uh it's starting to make headlines people are dying off they're not really sure what's happening and they've realized that it targets a really specific group of of individuals and these individuals you know at first it was like you know all the gang members and the cartel members they're like oh what's going on and then it was the neo-nazis and then it was the death row like inmates that got down and then uh the, the dropping like flies the people who made uh abortion illegal in alabama drops uh (laughs) and there's a pattern it was targeting assholes so uh (laughs) now jeff goldblum who is a professor of ethics is tasked to go to this task force and convince them to cure this and stop this pandemic but jim has decided not because he's fed up with these anti-science people uh, and he wants <laughs> he wants them and these 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 clowns and these assholes to basically uh, be done with it. Uh, the uh, in opposition of that, you have this like political figure played by Christoph Waltz, who's like heading the like anti-science movement. He's like you know trying to be elected to president of the United States, um, and I'm going to call it um, the Cure. It's going to be my movie. So yeah. <laughs> 
I really like it. <laughs> I really, really like it. I like it more than mine. <laughs> this is gone in a dark direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, mine what is, is kind of topic? similar this is to topic. both of yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's very different. <laughs> I don't know how we should proceed with this. So who, um, who was... Um, who was Jeff Goldblum again? He's like a professor of ethics. So he was like tasked to go and convince Jim Parson that like he should, he, sh- he needs to stop this pandemic just like they've stopped all the other pandemics, even though Jim's already kind of like decided that no way, man, this is, <laughs> we need to keep, we need to let this run. Okay. It's like a trolley problem. Not yes. really trolley problem, kind of trolley problem. It's like is this trauma. told in the same format as, uh, what's that pandemic movie we talked about where Lawrence Fishburne is in it? <laughs> Contagion. Contagion, yeah. Is this told in like the same like format of Contagion type thing where we just like yeah. <laughs> see all these examples of assholes dying? Yeah, multiple, yeah, multiple stories happening at the same time. Yeah, jumping from one sequence to the next. Absolutely, yes, great idea. I love it. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> great. We got fifty million dollars, Nick. Get on it. <laughs> Uh, I, I I knew that if I was going to pinch a movie, I had to have Jeff Goldblum. That was like a requirement. I that was the one requirement. <laughs> yeah. I like Christoph Waltz as the bad guy too. He's a really he's a good great bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's great, especially in like that type of like a political exactly. like you know. Yeah, like kind of. I an can tell, yeah. yeah. No, I could totally see that. It's great. I like him even better as a good guy. Sorry, unrelated. I mean, Inglourious Bastards. Come on, like that's. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good bad guy. He's a great bad guy, but also, he's also good as a good guy. I recently rewatched Alita, and he's good in that. He is good, yeah. Alita's a terrible film, though. (gasps) (laughs) Wait, Chris, you like Alita? I've watched it like three times. I think it's a criminally underrated movie. Maybe that's for a different... This sounds like a new episode. I didn't think that was a controversial opinion. I thought that was a shared uh, opinion of that movie. I I mean, I guess I was wrong. Well, we're gonna have to revisit this. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Paul. Um, You said yours was similar. So how about you go next? I might as well. I guess it's okay. It's similar. Similar. Similar themes. Uh, similar attitude, I guess, but I think my execution is different, so I got that going for me. Um, so it stars uh, Michael Sarah and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, they're both uh, patients in a hospital. Uh, they've been in a coma, uh, so they don't realize what's they, like. They don't know what's going on. Like COVID is happening while they're safe away from everything, um, and. Um, this is going to get a little convoluted, so I, I hope it makes sense. Um, and, and bear with me, okay? I, I might lose you guys for the first little half, but just just stick with it, okay? Um, so it's my worst nightmare where, like, all the conspiracy theories about surrounding COVID are true. Like, the masks and, like, the lockdown is, like, a form of the government, like, controlling us. And then the vaccines are like another level of like there's actually like malicious stuff going into the vaccines like that are making people like like making people susceptible to like government control. So all the people obviously that are like following the rules are like falling victim to this 
to uh, to like this the, to like be, becoming controlled by the government and um, Michael Sarah and oh sorry let me let me go into the three aspects first so like the 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 vaccine like when people get their vaccines it like puts the little uh uh little nanobots into your body and like it lets the government send signals to you so like you follow whatever they do like buy this buy that whatever kill this guy sure <laughs> vote for this guy <laughs> um but the the side effect of the mind control robots are that like they make your mouth swell so that's why they tell everyone to wear masks um, <laughs> and then the they're telling everyone to lock down and stay home because the it, it takes like uh like a couple months for uh, like to be out of the sun because the sun will like melt the nanobots in your body. I don't know. I didn't think about that part that well. But like so, all these things are like contributing to like people uh being controlled by the government. But the unfortunate part is that it's all like good people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and like people like that are actually caring about each other and thinking like they're doing a good thing. They're like falling victim to the government. And then the, and then Michael Sarah and Scarlett Johansson, two, two people who would like normally be following the rules. They're like, they wake up in the hospital and it's kind of like the walking dead where like Rick wakes up in the hospital and everyone's like, it's deserted. Like what's going on? And like the world is being like, the world is being run by people who don't, uh, who are like free thinkers <laughs> and, uh, not following the rules, but for to their benefit so it seems and then they realize like what's going on they're like oh my god uh they they catch up really quickly with the help of uh sterling k brown who's like an anarchist by the name of v uh shout out to v for vendetta um and he's like he's one of those like tinfoil hat guys who's like look i mean i i i i care about people but like you can't like the government is actually using this shit to control us. Like we got to get to Florida cause it's the last safe haven because that's where no one was, was following the rules. So like they have to travel from Canada to Florida. And uh, the big twist at the end is that Trump is behind everything played by Josh Gad. And, um, Josh Gad, nice. <laughs> and he, he put all this in motion while he was in office to like take over and make people buy his shitty steaks and like stay at his hotels and stuff because like he could see like he was going bankrupt with everything like he's swinging and missing with all his business ventures he's like i gotta do something i'm gonna be president i'm gonna be president and then i'm gonna control everyone with this with this fake uh with this disease um and then it, it at the end they finally make it to florida because trump is like the one like pressing all the buttons for all the people and um they they like they make it or they they show like they broadcast like him confessing like it's it's one of those moments where like they're recording him like you know the negotiator when like he's holding down the button at the end of the uh samuel l jackson's holding down the button of the walkie-talkie and then the bad guy is like confessing to everything but he doesn't realize like the walkie-talkie is going to the police outside <laughs> So like they put him on a camera and like or like they they're like confronting him and he like beats them up because he's like somehow some karate genius. And then <laughs> like their last ditch effort is like they see a camera like a TV camera pointing at him and they're like, why did you do this? And he's so dumb that he's like, oh, well, he doesn't see the camera. And he's like, yeah, well, you know what? It's all about the money, blah, 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 all this shit. And then the his like minions outside are like watching this and they're like oh my god he wanted to take our guns the whole time and they like and he <laughs> wanted to control us and everything so then they come in and they like 
cannibal like they just rip him apart and then that's the end of the movie my only question is if michael Sarah and scarlett johansson are supposed to be romantically involved oh sorry i i completely left that out they are supposed to be romantically involved because i know all i know how everyone hates a like a a, a beta guy <laughs> i feel like so one of those needs to be recast hospital? like sorry sorry go ahead oh, like what so sorry yeah, go ahead, Nick. <laughs> Did they meet at the hospital, or? Yeah, they like woke up around the same time. I don't know, like the the coma machine turned off at the same time. <laughs> coma <Nice>. machine. <laughs> coma machines. I, I, I ventilators. Zero understanding of the co- the conspiracy theories I was talking about and any medical science. <laughs> it could happen. They could wake up from a coma. Yeah, it happens all the time. It's it's a happy coincidence. Sure. Plot device. And scene. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Thank you. There's definitely a theme between the three movies. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. But my mine is directed by M Night Shyamalan because it has a little (laughs) twist at the end. The Trump twist. (laughs) With Josh Gad as Trump, that's pretty funny. I could see that actually. You'd have to dye his hair, though, and, like, shave most of it. Sorry, anyway, yeah. this is... <laughs> great. All right, well, my movie went in a different direction. Uh, my movie is titled COVID-29 Pandemic Wars. Uh, my, my movie takes place 10 years in the future. Uh, what happens in this world is uh, it, it turns out that the world realizes that China did start COVID-19, um, and so what happens in the years following is that uh, everyone like Russia and U.S. have like a counterattack of pandemic because they're like, oh, they thought China was trying to attack the world. And then eventually you get like all these countries start walling each other or walling themselves off to the point where you have like 10 countries in the world and there's no international trade. There's no like uh, traveling. There's no import export. It's like 10 self-sustained nation states throughout the world. Um, and that's kind of like the, the scenario that they're in and they're all trying to attack each other. So they're all trying to send like viruses and pandemics into the other countries. Um, and so the scientific community in each of these countries, they are trying to create vaccine and cures for the pandemics that are coming in while also creating new viruses to send out to other countries. And so my movie takes place kind of 10 years into this future um main character or one of the main characters is played by the rock who's going to play a nerdy scientist uh which is completely miscast and they're not going to explain this at all they're just going to play him straight as if like i'm scientist man um and so their plan is they're going to get back at china and so what they're realizing is that their attempts so far is that when they attack other countries you attack like the periphery and it doesn't get a lot of traction. And then like the scientists in that country, like, you know, get the cure out, get the vaccines out and everything's fine. And so they want to put together a crack team to go deep into the heart of China and release it at like the optimal place so that the virus really like takes holds and spreads. And so this is like a reverse heist movie where you got to put a team together to sneak into the country, release a virus. Um, And so the rock has to assemble a team of uh, Chinese Americans who can look like they're part of the country and sneak in. Um, And Hollywood doesn't really care about uh, the distinction between Korean, Japanese, and Chinese. So I didn't really worry about that too much in my casting. Uh, So my cast uh, is Aquafina, BD Wong, 
Randall Park and Simu Liu. Um, oh, so and... the only four Asian actors in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do Ken Jeong. I didn't do uh, oh. Glenn from Walking Dead. Uh, there's a few others. Uh, you know, I had to make some choices. Um, so basically the movie is like, you know, you have your, you know, putting the team together, putting the plan like an Ocean's Eleven type thing. Um, and then the twist comes when they sneak into the country and they find out that the rock is actually the scientist who created COVID-19 and then secretly released it in China and blamed China. Um, and then the other four have to like take down the rock while they're in China. And while also, you know, telling the world about the truth. And that's my movie. <laughs> so do they, do they have to ever like physically fight the rock uh i, I thought about that which is why i had to cast simu lu as like at least one action person because I, I don't see randall park and aquafina taking on the rock i mean randall park could go uh what's the the um uh oh my god the guy who he was in uh the in, is he indian that's his name. He's in a Marvel movie now. He's in Eternals. Oh, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail, Kumail Nanjiani. Randall uh, Park could, uh, could pull one of those. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking there's going to be a part where like everyone thinks The Rock is like some unsuspecting scientist, and they're like, oh, we'll gang up. Not acknowledging that he's like a gorilla-sized human being at all. <laughs> and then like when they think they have the upper hand on him, he just like ripped. So he's wearing like a white coat like a scientist, even though that wouldn't make sense. And he just rips the sleeves off the coat, and he has like the big muscles. And then they're like, oh, no. <laughs> he's ripped. <laughs> oh, no. He's been The Rock the whole time. <laughs> He takes off his glasses and it changes his whole person, like his whole look. <laughs> Does he give the people's eyebrow too? <laughs> You'll have <Yeah>. to. <laughs> uh, nice. That's, that's intricate. That's like an M. Night Shyamalan level twist. In it. Yeah. He features prominently <laughs> here. <laughs> so how uh -huh. does it end? Does he like take him down and then world peace or... Uh, we'll say that they, well, they have to defeat him because that's, I mean, how, how movies end, you got to get the bad guy, but then you got to open it up for like the next one. And, uh, yeah. what's the dumbest thing that could happen? Oh, it's revealed the rock's that, assistant. Oh, okay. no, no, the rock is, he has a twin <laughs> and now he has to avenge their deaths. And it's Dave Batista. Yeah. He should already be signed contract like before the sequel is even created. It, it goes back to like the lab of scientists, and it's like Dave Batista, John Cena, Sylvester Stallone. They're all wearing <laughs> They're like all glasses. Scientists. <laughs> it's like the Expendables. <laughs> so you you know, um, going back to the Asylum, uh, the movie studio that I brought up before, where they make all these stupid movies. There's one called the Nazis at the center center of the Earth where um, there's a scientist guy in that movie who's played by um, the really, really dumb guy from Starship Troopers. I don't know if you guys know who I'm talking about. He's like he's like, like a, a, a Stonehenge head type guy. He's like, ah, what's his name? Hold on. Bear with me. I'm also looking this up because I'm curious. He, he's, he's, he talks like he's like surfer dude. Um, Jake Busey? Busey? Jake, oh. yes. No, that's him. Oh, he's related to Gary Busey. Is he, yes. is he in, in contact, too, that guy? 
It's Gary Busey's son. Yeah. Jake Busey. Yes, it's him. Yes. So that guy, is he in contact? I believe so, yeah. I think he's the guy who, like, uh, he's, like, the hippie that, like, suicides himself. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, he's, like, like, hey, like, kind of doofus, like, cool, big guy. Yeah, but he's, like, supposed, in this stupid movie, he's supposed to be, like, some really smart scientist and it's just so weird like seeing his dumb face talking about like science and i figure i feel like this is going to be like john cena sylvester stallone not that they're dumb <laughs> sorry guys i know you're listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's the vibes that i get <laughs> all right well we will end off the episode there and uh as not as we usually do, but as we used to do on this show, we will end off by talking about the movies that we are looking forward to coming out soon. Um, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, I'm looking forward to Gunpowder Milkshake, starring Karen Gillan, who uh, plays Nebula in uh, all of the Marvel movies. Um <clears throat> there's uh, Paul Giamatti is also in it. Michelle Yeoh, Lena Headey, um, uh, what's her name? Cersei uh, from Game of Thrones. Um, it sounds like uh, like a stylized. Uh, sorry, it, it sounds like a similar plot to uh, the Professional. Leon, the Professional, where like uh, Karen Gillan is a, a hit woman, like elite hit woman who has to protect the little girl um, against uh, all these bad guys. Um, uh, and I am expecting uh, John Wick slash nobody type action, um, but with some some funny, cool s- style because I, I feel like the uh, the the vibe or the uh, the tone is going to be very different, a little more silly and fun. So I'm looking forward to that. You talked about shoot 'em up earlier, and that was kind of the vibe I got from that trailer. Yes. Yes. I, I actually haven't seen Sh- Shoot 'Em Up, but uh, sorry, I, ha- I haven't seen the trailer for Gun- Gunpowder Milkshake. I have seen Shoot 'Em Up, but um, also Smoke I, and it remind me of that too. Okay, Great. okay. It uh, it only adds to my excitement. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I'm going to change my last minute opinion here and going back to my original one. I am looking forward to Annette. <laughs> which is a musical, uh, and I hate musicals. Uh, we did our movies that we're most looking forward to for 2021 earlier this year, so I was doing some research, and this one came up on a lot of like top lists. Um, it's filmed by a French director named Leo Crax, who did an um, interesting movie in the past called Holy Motors, which I still don't understand what was it about, but I was interested by it. Um, it also stars Adam Driver. Um, it has all the hallmarks of something that I wouldn't like, but the trailer came out and looked very interesting. And so between that and Adam Driver, who's one of my favorite actors, and like Leo Carax is like, he's done some interesting stuff in the past. I'm looking forward to it purely from the perspective of it's different. And I haven't seen, maybe, I don't know, like I haven't watched that many musicals. So maybe it's exactly like stuff that's out there. But I, I feel like I'll get something different whether I like it or not. So that's coming out in August. That's what I'm looking forward to. Plus one for Adam Driver. Cool. Yeah, that looks good too. I'm probably going to want to watch that one as well. Uh, mine is old. 
Um, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, um, so I'm going to try and look past that <laughs> and, and hope for the best. Um, I like his earlier stuff, but I don't like his, obviously, later stuff. It, it's pretty bad. Um, but this is one's based on a novel, so I'm hoping that's going to make it better. Uh, I like the storyline. It's basically just about a family that goes on a beach, and they somehow, there's like this mysterious phenomenon that makes them age uh all like all the way to their like uh death within all within a day so they live their entire life all within a day so it looks like a cool concept uh i don't know how this is going to be delivered but um just based on the synopsis i would totally go and watch it so um yeah totally up my alley i agree that the premise is super interesting i just worry about the execution but there's yeah a lot of potential (laughs) yeah absolutely and I mean, it's I'm not sure there's probably going to be a twist, which, I, I mean, he doesn't make terrible films. It's just sometimes it just doesn't land really well. Like, I could, like there's always usually a good concept. It doesn't always land. But if this one lands, I, it could potentially be a really good film. So, yeah, I'm hopeful. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm last. So I'm probably the most boring pick, but Space Jam 2 is what yeah. I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I love the first Space Jam. I watched that, like, a long time ago when I was a kid, and it was great. And uh, I'm just curious to see, one, how well, like, LeBron James can act, because, you know, just because he's a really good athlete doesn't mean he can act. But I'm just very curious to see how he, like, executes on that. So that's one. And two, it's just the, I mean, it's the nostalgia, really, which I'm just looking forward to. So I, I just love that movie growing up, so... It's nice to see kind of a, a modernized remake of it. Although I, I realize, you know, that's kind of, that lands differently for different people. Like, cause you know, some people <laughs> feel like, oh, there's, you know, Michael Jordan was the OG and you shouldn't redo it. But I don't know. I, I'm just curious to see how it's going to be done. And if it's going to, you know, if LeBron James is going to be a really shitty actor, he's going to develop a new skill. I don't know if you've seen Bridesmaids, but if, if that's any indication, he's probably one of the the better NBA actors out there. Is he in Bridesmaids or are you thinking of Trainwreck? Oh, shit. Trainwreck. Train, oh, my God. I think I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trainwreck. I'm talking about Trainwreck. I was going to say, based on his on-court performance, he looks like a pretty good actor. So. His- okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually a big LeBron fan, but... I know, <laughs> which is funny. Hey, he gets calls. So, it, it, calls. yeah, that means it works. Yeah, exactly. Again, means he's a good actor, I guess. Let, let's hope it translates to Space Jam 2. I'm looking forward to John, Don Cheadle in that movie. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> I was Googling that. All right, well, that's it for our show. Nick Mina, thanks for stopping by, and uh, tune in again next month.